Ignacio. Tiro de Cristiano. A week ago. From the corner. And he's buried again and again. Sergio Ramos. Stadio. What's up, podcast listeners? It's the Real Champs Podcast back again. And yeah, we're back just one day after our last podcast. So you know what that means? We're killing it. We're crushing it right now. And we hope we keep on crushing it. But in our last podcast, we talked about a whole bunch of things. And if you haven't listened to it, well, go listen to that one first. And then come back here and listen to it. And then make sure you share both with all your friends and family. And of course, Madrid fans. Anyways, this is going to be basically just a pre-classico podcast. That's it. That's all we're going to talk about. Strategy, tactics, personnel. You name it. We're probably going to speak about it. It's going to be a quick one. It's going to be a short one. So go grab yourself a snack or whatever the hell it is you want and get ready. Before we start, I'll let these boys introduce your, introduce yourselves. Introduce themselves. Please go ahead. Well, I'm, oh, thank you. Well, I'm Christopher McCormick. Follow me on Twitter at K underscore MCO6 for when I eventually lose my voice forever. We're back again. Aren't oh, you people lucky? At the has career, if you want to follow from all my glorious rants and shit talking, that's about it, really. There's not, no pineapple today. Yeah, there is no pineapple. The American loving Russian is not with us today. So if you're missing him, uh, we apologize. He wasn't able to make it. Like Chris said, if he sounds off to you, it's because he's sick. So, or sorry, as Hassan says, he's ill. So send your prayers out to him. Uh, also, follow the real champs at the real champs fs twitter because hassan is actually compiling a couple of neat threads which are pretty dope and they're literally just classical based so some of you know the real champs writers favorite goals favorite moments of the classical and some interesting statistics because this is a very different classical unlike any others so let's get into it gentlemen floor is yours or the interweb is yours, I guess. The interweb, that's an interesting one. I'd love the internet to be mine. <laughs> I'd make so much money. Um, yeah, well, here we are. Our Classico is upon us. And it feels like it's been a long, long time for the this season so far. It's beginning to drag already. We're only in October. I guess that sort of shows what sort of season we're having so far. Um I'm really sort of not sure what to expect, to be honest. Usually you kind of have a rough feeling on that, what to expect. But I think this one's really unpredictable because I I feel that we're gonna it's going to be a drab game with obviously Ronaldo gone, Messi not playing. Um, Barca don't quite always look the same without him. So it'll be an interesting game for sure. And I think we're at the moment at the new camp, we don't haven't actually lost there since, well, when I got on the limb and say 2015. Yeah, we've not lost at the new camp since 2015. <laughs> Yeah, no, I think it's an interesting game. I think it feels like deja vu. I don't know about the rest of you, but it seems like every the first classical of every season, we <laughs> go in and we're not in good form and we've lost to Sevilla and we're kind of like, maybe we can turn it around at the Camp Nou or we can turn it around at the Bernabeu. And then Barcelona just slap us in the face and say, no, you can't. And then by the time the second one comes around, we're just like trying to recover pride. 
Yeah. It's a very, uh, it's a very scripted story here at Real Madrid. <laughs> just seems like <laughs> a story. Again, Maybe they'll surprise me. I hope they do it's surprise just, them. It'd be from, really good. In recent memory, I can only remember, like, two classicals where I went in with confidence. And that was, they were both in 2016-17. Chris, throw out that stat we were talking about from earlier today, just before I get into a point. When was the last time there was no Messi and no Ronaldo in a classico? It was December 2007. That's a flip. That was 11 years ago. So I want yeah. to just pause for a second and think about where you were in your life 11 years ago. Like, that's a whole decade. That's absolutely insane. Yeah, granted, Messi's just, you know, it's an injury. That's why he's not there. But it's still a very scary thought for 11 years. And no Messi or Ronaldo. Um, here's, a, here's a mad one for you. Last time there was an El Clasico without Messi or Ronaldo, both Iniesta and Schneider still had hair. Holy that's, shit. That's not cool. <laughs> that's not cool. <laughs> it's kind of weird. <coughs> no. But what I was going to gonna say is this on all the big networks that we see around the world whether it's sky sports bt bn al jazeera however you watch the classico wherever you are in the world you always see those graphics you know building up the days before and you always see messi scoring and dribbling past and ronaldo unleashing cannons the you know the typical ronaldo celebration but it's like this time neither one is there so who are the big stars of this game it's hard to really say because we've not had a single individual stand out in recent sort of games, to be honest. You could name um, a couple of players. You could name a couple of players who come into the game in form. Most of them, I would say, the one that sticks out in my head at the moment is Artur playing for Barcelona. I think that's how you say it. He's a fantastic player, Artur. I must admit, he's I've, playing I've really, really well. Yeah, he's playing really, really well. So he'd be one of the in form players. Um, Asensio has a habit of showing up against Barcelona in recent fixtures. <laughs> Yeah, uh, if you haven't watched the Supercopa uh, of last year, or the season before last, I recommend you go watch those highlights. Bailos gets a goal disallowed, but he generally plays well. Uh, Benzema does show up. I know we were, we were just saying before we started recording that, um, what is it, that he's only scored eight goals, but he usually shows up. He plays well generally at the Camp Nou. Yeah, generally he does, yeah. Um, I think he scored quite recently in the, the one of the last Camp New games, if I remember correctly. I can't actually remember off the top of my head. I think he did. Well, speaking of players, who do you guys, or who would you guys want to be your starting 11 and also list your form for Sunday's game? 11 Lucas Vasquez's. Yeah. No, ten, 10 Lucas Vasquez's and Kyler Navas in goal. <laughs> I just want to so, say, and I, I said it at the end of the last episode, but I kind of love, I know I don't like the fact that Thibaut Courtois is getting thrown under the bus because he doesn't deserve to. But at the same time, as a Kyler Navas fanboy, I'm delighted to see people appreciating him for once. I agree. Yeah, it's it, like it's genu- deserved for once, I guess. I mean, yeah. I've given Navas a lot of shit over the years. You all, um, think we all. You give everybody shit. Yeah, that's nothing I'm, abnormal. But um, <laughs> I've given him a bit. I've given him crap when he's deserved it. Like, I mean, he's made he made a lot of mistakes last season, but I thought he always showed up in the big moments. So, so who so, is starting eleven? 
Well, I well, think Marcelo's got to start. Um, he's been in decent form as of late. Uh, I'd say Ramos and Varane, if they're both fit, start them. Carvajal's apparently fit, so I think I'd like to see him thrown in there. But if not, I'm not too sad about Odrio Zola starting. Um, I think well, Courtois we... going to end up in net, but typically that's the way it's looking. Okay. I'm not too sure how I feel about that. Um, I think it'd be the typical midfield of Casemiro, Modric, and Cruz. I'd like to see Mariano start over Benzema, to be honest. Um, I'd like to see Vasquez get a go out and then maybe play Bale as well. So it's a bit, I don't know, it's a bit of a strange one. No Asensio, no Isco either. Asensio shouldn't start yet, and I don't know if how fit Isco is at this point in time, so I'm not sure whether it's a risk or not throwing him in the lineup just yet. Well, if you guys read my article that posted earlier today, you will see the comments oh, that Jules made after the match on Tuesday. And he did say that Isco was subbed off because he's played two full matches after his surgery. So it's just a precaution just to give him a little bit of rest, and he's fine. Well, if he's fit, yeah. start him. If he's fit, start him. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not objective to that. I'd, I'd say start him. No, just, um, there's not. I wouldn't disagree with any of that lineup. Uh, I saw pictures of Marcelo training today, which was a great relief. Marcelo, so okay, he will be fit to to play. He seemed happy. Like I saw him, you know, you saw pictures of him at the press or afterwards. He didn't, and he seemed more disappointed that he'd been taken off or that he pulled up on Tuesday rather than actually being in pain. So I think it was just a knock. We don't think it was anything major. He was lucky if it's just a knock because that was a very rash challenge. <laughs> Yeah, sometimes you you get these lucky moments, but I think it looked it looked like you just sort of maybe had a dead leg or something like that. But no, um, I definitely I definitely agree. Marcelo's a key part in Clasico, and he scored in the last two games, so he's one of our informed strikers at the moment. <laughs> well, that and at the end of the day, Barcelona haven't been the best this year. Well, this season so far, they've not been as formidable as people, you know, usually expect them to be. And they're definitely there for the taking. Pique's having a torrid season. Um, and I, once again, Tostegan's really masking the problems at the back. Um, so, I'd, you know, at the end of this, there's goals to be got in this game. It's just whether we can actually get them. And recent form suggests probably we're going to struggle to get that. But I think there's definitely a possibility for us to create chances in this game. We definitely are out like our playing style at Real Madrid. But what is the tactic to beat this Barcelona? Because, like you said, it's not like they've been. In, in top shape as the table might allow you to believe or make you believe, right? So what is the way to, re- like, what are the weak points of the Barcelona side? And, of course, there is no Messi, so. Well, well I think... yeah, Messi not being as a huge thing. Uh, not, I don't think they're going to create as much. Um, and I'd also say that also this season seems to hate it when teams really get at them. They seem to struggle with that because they leave such a massive gap in they're high press. On the counter, they've been getting shredded at times. I'd focus on counter attacks against Barcelona, to be honest. Yeah, I'm, I think we should. I don't even think counter attack. And I think we play the way we play. We press up and we catch them kind of in transition. <laughs> I don't feel nearly intelligent enough to say that. But yes, I think we should. It's kind of that's weird, when I, that, isn't it? That, yeah, it is. But like. When I've the games I've watched of Barcelona, the teams that have played well against them have pushed up and they've gotten at their midfield and won the ball back and caught them on the break, kind of while Barcelona were bringing up into the attacking half. So that's in my world, that's in, in transition. So 
I think that's where we should definitely approach the game like we usually do. It's it's a case of it's a case of efficiency whether we'll win it or not. Yeah, I'd say that's a good point to be honest. I think efficiency is going to be a massive factor, and we've not been the most efficient team as of late. So I'm hoping maybe the big the big stage and the bright lights will light a spike, you know, a spark underneath the players and get them going. Maybe this is the kind of turnaround moment they need to boost that confidence. But that's um, yeah, that, that's what I was thinking. I'm thinking like this could be the do all or end all. In, in almost every in sense every of the word. Sense, yeah, because yeah. if we lose it, Lopetegui's gone. I think we know that much. But if we win it, and it if we score, in, I think line. just even scoring in that fixture and a win in that fixture is massive for the confidence of the players. Well, it's provided it's a close game. Yeah, I think it's going to be a close game. I don't think anyone's getting steamrolled. I'm hoping I'll say that now. And that's how it goes out. <laughs> last time we said, last time we said that prediction was was a severe game, and that didn't go to plan. Yeah, last time we were all way too confident for the Sevilla match, and like you said, that did not go to plan whatsoever. I'm touching wood right about now. You're grasping onto it. Just how, just go to sleep with a piece of wood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that could be interpreted in so many different ways. I just realized that. Pro- Probably came off real bad. You might have to bleep that. Yeah, I think I'm gonna leave it. It's pretty PG. <laughs> like if you know, you know. If you caught it, you caught it. If you still don't understand after us explicitly saying it, God bless your soul. You're an angel. Yeah, you're you an are. Angel you're innocent. Planet. You, you, the real ones. You're, you're a very the... cultured nine-year-old. If you didn't understand that, <laughs> you nine-year-old. I hope there's no. I hope there's no nine-year-old listening from the language I fire out. Jesus. <laughs> Oh, um, what was I going to say? I was going to say something intelligent. Where are you now? Ah. Just say something about expected goals. You'll sound intelligent. <laughs> just no, I, I think I want to repeat the number. Yeah, I just want to repeat the point that like winning this game just does, especially if someone like Benzema or Sensio gets the goal and or Bale. I know it's. It's the same situation we were in during the summer where we're like, oh, they'll, they'll come good. They'll pick up their game in the absence of Ronaldo. But I do genuinely believe that if they can get the goals in a win at the Camp Nou, it'll boost their confidence immensely. I really believe that Gareth Bale scores and runs. I haven't looked at the stats, but I just like, it almost seems like he just needs one to get going and then he'll score like five goals in like the span of like well, you know, seven what, to ten. Which really yeah, this, damn good. I mean, like, up until his injury, which was, when was that? That was a couple of weeks ago. I think that was against Sevilla. But, like, up until his injury, he'd scored, like, 11 goals off his last 13 shots in all competitions. Yeah. Like, and that's a ridiculous in, like, amount of efficiency. From, like, the end of La Liga last season into the beginning of this season. Like, he'd, like, he started off really well. But then it just seems like it gets to his head and it's just in a bad headspace. So like you said, I think this game could really be a turning point for Real Madrid. And if you think about it, we're not too far off the mark. Like It's not that inconceivable to think that, you know, they could really make a push for it. We're only four points behind. If we win, we're one point behind. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's not that insane to think that. 
we could actually not just win this game, but win the whole league as well. well yeah, just looking at the numbers and for open play shots, like between us and Barcelona, there's not a huge difference. They've had 129 shots from open play, where we've had 117. There's not a huge amount. It's just yeah, they've only, the beauty, scored, they've only scored six more goals than us in that in those yeah, shots as well. The beauty of it is, and I think if you're on it there, you'll probably be able to see it. Messi is overperforming his xG by like a, a disgusting three, three, four, rate. Two, two. It's fucking unbelievable. It's it's just like not natural. He should not be allowed to do that. So if you think about it, he's like, he's averaging five shots per ninety, right? The next nearest person is Suarez on three point eight eight, and he's underperforming. Yeah, his, um, his expected goals. So he went under the radar last season, but in goals and assists, Messi accounted for half of Barcelona's league goals last season. Yeah, it was not like crazy that's like not that. rounded up. I, from what last time I checked, that was exactly fifty percent on the button. I mean, get Bale's averaging five point zero nine currently, same as Messi per ninety. So that's only going to bode well for us for the fact Just that their biggest shot taker is, is, you know, out of the game, and the nearest one to him is, you know, taking two shots less on average. As it has been the case the entire season so far, it is a massive opportunity to put an early stamp on on proceedings. You know, <laughs> you you just we're not going to get this type of chance. Again, I mean, yeah, you know, you look, at, you look not. at the flip side if we lose or if we draw, we go five or seven points behind. Seven points, particularly, is disastrous. I mean, I don't think they're dropping after if they go seven yeah, points no, clear. No, hopefully, not at least, anyway. Well, with the crisis, we could descend into, yeah, no, you know, not think about it. <laughs> I'd rather not think about it. It's, it's it's a disappointing thing to think about. I think we could find ourselves in a scenario like that. We're just a, a, a loss in that game. If the, game early seems, in the season. if the game seems to be lost in the midfield and like Modric hasn't been in his best form, and I'm talking about like here at Real Madrid this season, because we've all said he looks really tired, or whatever the case is, who's your who's your go-to sub? For the midfield, if Modric isn't performing, I'd probably throw in Danny Ceballos. In honestly, I think he'd be perfect in this kind of game to break those lines and find the gaps in the in the Barcelona back line. I don't know if it would be too imbalanced, but a part of me would actually just like to see Ceballos start this game. I, I know it sounds yes. really bold, but yeah, it's bold for sure. But um. It's something that you could definitely discuss. I mean, I don't, I don't think there's any major issue in saying that because Modric hasn't really been on the money this season. It's, you know, it's, it's a fact, really. Um, the last time, the last time I checked, Danny Ceballos has like the second most key passes per ninety in the squad. That's pretty, out, pretty outrageous. So that's limited time pretty outstanding that. form, and he's, not, I don't, he's played on the left wing for a lot of the games that he started from what I understand. Yeah, Sabah's currently averages the second most amount of key passes in the team per 90. Lucas top? tops the list. <laughs> yes, he does. <laughs> Although that is based on like, what is it, 500 minutes of play is what we came down to it. it was... 185 minutes of league play. Well, on the topic of Lucas Vasquez, 
does he start or does he? I think he's probably he coming off the bench, but do, should he start? I think he should be starting. He's averaging, you know, nearly two shots per ninety, averaging the most key passes. Why not? So are we changing? I do think eleven then. Sorry. No, no. I'm, it's just a. Well, if he's on the bench, he's the first man to come off for me. Yeah, he should be the first man on all day. Ahead I'm of pretty certain, didn't. I'm pretty certain Hassan had him in his starting lineup. I did, yeah. I had my front line of Mariano, Vasquez, and Bale. Huh. I don't. So, I, he he continues to surprise me in how productive he is. <laughs> I think for well, me, the biggest thing of this game is just going to be getting the flipping ball on target. Just like yeah, at least that's, Emerson. That's definitely the thing. Like our conversion rate's just been so poor. Like if you had I mean, to ask me what the one key to the match is going to be, it's not even going to be about dynamic and balance and. You know, like all those things are for sure important, but like this poor scoring run, I think for me is definitely just putting the ball on target. I just forgot like the most, the most informed player heading into this game is it is Mark Andre Terstig, the goalkeeper, yeah, Barca's goalkeeper. I said it. I said it on Twitter there recently. Just like him alone sucks me of any optimism I have going into this game on Sunday. He is he, an alien. He's form over from last season, it's for sure. It's, that's true. Um, he, he's, a top, he's a top keeper. How did Claudio Bravo keep this guy out? In, it's because Barca's when he, defense when he first good that season. Um, so he didn't actually get called into action as much. But obviously now Barca's defense has deteriorated quite considerably. Busquets is kind of slowing down. So they're conceding a lot more shots and defence is getting exposed a lot more. So finally, you're kind of seeing mistaken saving them results a lot. Speaking of Busquets, I just saw a tweet by the official Champions League account. Uh, I didn't look at the rest because I only looked at number one and to see where our player was. But uh, pass accuracy in the Champions League thus far, so we're three games in, is Busquets first. And Tony Cruz is second, but he's second. completed like a hundred more passes or something like that. Yeah, but it's like it's ninety-seven t- and ninety-three. I think that's more impressive, to be honest. The fact that he's completed more passes. If, he, if you'd look at the sample size for the same amount, yeah, yeah, yeah. you'd probably find Cruz has probably completed way more at an accurate percentage. Oh, definitely more often yeah. than not. We're beginning to see like peak Cruz, which is ironic after the World Cup he had, but we are beginning to see. Him going into his prime here. Actually. He's entering his prime here. With the Mariano's averaging 5.68 shots per 90 that he's played this season. I yeah, I think that. he's like, he's kind of like Vasquez. He just needs the real minutes to get off the mark. The only reason I want him to start over Benzema is because I feel his pressure and running would just be so key in a game like this. Like the, the non-stop pressure. Plus, I think the pace of Mariano, Bale, and Vasquez as a front three is just, it's more threatening than anything else we've got. Vicencio's not really a fast runner on the ball. He's just very quick with, with, with the ball at his feet. I guess a superior dribble in that regard. Mm. But in terms of just pure out and out rotten pace, I think a front line of those three is probably the best bet because Barca's back line, well, mainly PK, gets caught out by pace a lot. As we've seen this season, so that, that makes all the sense. Just make him 
stretched out as much as we can. That's actually true. Like, Asensio, like you said, he's not the fastest player, but it's just, like, his ability to, like, keep the ball within distance, like, his dribbling ability is just so good that it makes it look like he's going so fast. Yeah, he's just, it's like Messi's not a quick sprinter, but he looks quick because he's so goddamn good on the ball. Yeah, and he's also very small, so. Yeah, obviously low center of gravity also helps, but Asensio's not the quickest sprinter, he's just very good with the ball at his feet, so it makes him look faster than he is. I, I really hope that if Asensio comes on, like my, my big hope is that Asensio, uh, Mariano, and Ceballos will have good games, if all of them get minutes, of course. I think Asensio will get minutes. I can see probably... I think realistically, I've got a feeling Asensio will start, even though I don't think he should. I think he's better as an impact sub at the moment. Uh, I don't think he's quite fully ready for the starting berth just yet. I don't think he's proven himself enough yet to be a starter. But off the bench, he's he's perfect off the bench because, you know, obviously his dribbling ability, his long-range shots, and his dribbling is enough to have settled, you know, every defence going out there, really. What would you guys say is our biggest strength this like going into this match? Like we said, Barcelona's is probably Ter Stegen, but in an odd season like this, who or what is our strength? Our big I'd game say, record. Yeah, that big game record in recent. I know considerably it hasn't better. been it hasn't been great in the last five games, but like um, just over the last three or four years, our big game record has been unparalleled. So that's what I put. That's what I'd say. You know, and especially with uh, with the media, the way they've been putting the players down recently and putting Lopetegui down. This is kind of just fingers crossed. This is kind of the moment where the players stand up and are counted for. Yeah, for sure. I I go with that. I think mental toughness is definitely the thing in this squad that um, that may separate it. Because Barca haven't been the best in big games in recent memory, we know that. Mainly in the Champions League. Um, but we we fared well at the Camp Nou, you know, for the last few years. Like I said, we've not lost there since 2016. Um, I've got, a, you know, if there's anything that's going to take it forward, it'll be the big game mentality that we've seen from the, the side in the league and the Champions League in the last couple of years. Obviously, barring last season in the league, but the Champions League, they showed grit in the moments. The team knows how to suffer, basically. It's probably the best way to put it. I'm like, I'm so, like, I, I don't have much to say because I'm just so nervous about the whole like, I'm just thinking about, like, how the game will play out just in my head. I'm like, damn, obviously, there's so many ways it can go, but, oh, the uncertainty kills me. I can only yeah, the players. making it hard to really make a point about anything, really. Um, that's also true because on the one hand you expect like you know like we're saying right now the big game performance like that's something Madrid's been so good at in the last few years like we'll suck and lose and draw against weird mid to bottom level teams in La Liga and then we'll go play in the Champions League in the round of 16 and semi-finals against the biggest clubs in Europe and then we'll absolutely just like decimate them like it was just child's play yeah, exactly. I mean, I think, you know, the Madrid derby, for example, like, that's when the sort of the turn was starting to begin. And even then, we still put on a decent performance against Atletico, just minus the goals, really. Quick point um, on the Madrid derby yesterday Atletico Madrid. 
Hakimi Ashraf for Borussia Dortmund. Three assists. It really looks like, you know, Bundesliga and Borussia Dortmund are doing the kid a world of good. I really hope he keeps it up. For the Danny Carvajal pass, isn't it? Because obviously he went on loan to the Bundesliga, shined. Exactly. Um, and came straight back and, you know, he's been solid ever since. Um, so hopefully, you know, I think he could be naturally be the natural heir to Marcelo because he's capable of playing on the left. Which that was wicked. Hakimi on the left and Ariathola on the right. Damn. Perfect combination. That's that's the left back and right back position sort of for the next ten years at least. And then you have Varane for like the next five years, six years still. Yeah, there's the only position that we sort of not really got cover for is Ramos, and that's the only position really I'm concerned about. Well, at least we don't. <clears throat> don't have to worry about it for this match because that would be dreadful. Yeah, I must yeah. they said Marcelo was going to be injured and Carvalho was also out. I was going to say, like, yeah, we're a bit screwed there, but both of them seemingly back in the four. Is a, that's a bit more of a conference boot. I would like it if Vinicius was capable of playing. I think he would have been a nice option off the bench, but. I think that's. Uh, especially if it was like 10, you know, 15 15. <laughs> left in the match, especially if we were leading already. I think it would have been really cool to see him go. I feel like he, he just thrives on a big stage. Like, he just has a swagger for it. I don't yeah, know. Like even in the brief experience he had in the Madrid derby, I felt like he looked like he wanted the ball every time he got the chance. That's the he, kind of courage that you need. This We really underrated his confidence as a player. Like, um, I did I know... We, I I know, but I don't even think the most optimistic of people could have thought he'd come on like he has done, yeah. and just he completely he's completely believes in his own ability, and, and at such a young fearless. age, he's only eighteen, he's fearless. absolutely fearless. That's I you know generally you'd be like cautious throwing an eighteen year old onto well the even pitch here. Asensio still looks very timid on the pitch sometimes. Yeah, you can see it in him. It's like he sort of shits the bed a bit at times. Um, <clears throat> like he second guesses himself and like what it is he's meant to do. Yeah, and and obviously there's a lot of pressure when you're coveted as like the next biggest talent by Vicente Del Bosque and then you're just like, oh shit, what do I do now? The consistent yeah, exactly. issue is the consistent issue with Asensio is is like what's his best position? Is he a left winger? Is he a midfielder? I don't is think he's a false nine. What is he? I think he's gotta play through the middle. Uh, he's definitely he's best off the striker. I've always said it. I, I think, think he's always where, best off the striker. Yeah, wherever Luis Enrique is playing him, <laughs> just play him there. Yeah, he, I think he's playing him off the striker, like as a roaming midfielder. He um, has, yeah, I've noticed he has. He's a lot more central for Spain than he is for. But then there's like I'd have to watch the games like, again. But even Bale's great in that position because Bale's best position has always been like just off the striker. If you watch his best season, when that final season at Spurs, when he just absolutely went, you know, off the charts, he was playing off the striker. Right wing's never really been Bale's best position. It's always limited him a little bit. Um, I'd like to see Bale play as an out and out striker. To be honest, I think that could be an interesting experiment. Have we not tried that before? Yeah, but then what do you do with Mariano Diaz and in Karim Benzema? I think Benzema could essentially see himself drop out then and just rotate Mariano and Bale consistently. So I think this is Benzema's last season regardless. I think... You know, um, we just... We, we keep saying that and then he just... He's still and here. he's still here. 
Yeah, I, know, I, I don't know. There's a couple of players I think it's like kind of the last last hurrah. I feel that about Modric as well. I, 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 I feel why. like Benzema's just gonna like keep rolling in in a Bugatti. Like he he will he'll just stop giving a shit if he plays or not, and he'll just want to hang out with like Vinicius and Fetty and all the young kids and just hang out with them, make his cool Instagram gang signs and whatnot. Like he just wants to <laughs> on, go on vacations, sit pina coladas, hang out with his rapper friends. Like two words: diplomatic immunity. Yeah, I raised that one as well. Well, I was, that raises an interesting point. Um, I genuinely think that we will not sell any player that's willing to take a back seat. Why would you, though? I don't think... It, I don't... If there, it's not necessarily in terms of playing time. It's more pay and contract length. You that's always been what... That's been the Perez issue. Is allergic to giving people above 30 contracts. It's not just Perez, though. Chelsea are the same. They don't like giving long-term contracts to players over the age of 30. Yeah, um, it's not the worst idea in the world, but when you've got a player like Ronaldo, for example, you give him whatever Pepe. you want. Yeah, well, and he, yeah, or Pepe, where he's like asking for just, he's only asking for a two-year contract. Yeah, the Ronaldo situation, yeah, Pepe's probably a better example than Ronaldo, because I literally have not, I don't have a clue what happened with Ronaldo. I don't think it was just a contract. Ah, uh, that's a whole other match. As for a yeah, whole podcast. other podcast. Well, one day we'll do that podcast. If you'd like to hear that one, get at us on Twitter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. it, yeah. Get at us on Twitter. Anyway, I think we've kind of covered most of what we have to say because there is just so much uncertainty. It's hard to really assess how to handle this game, really. Yeah, for sure. It's it's just, a very, like I said at the start, it's just hard to predict. There's such an air of sort of un- uncertainty around the entire thing. How does Lopetegui come out? Does he come out with the same approach? Does he change his approach? How do the players come out? Do, will they get that boost in confidence because they're on a big stage? Will they come out with a, you know, swinging with their backs against the walls or will they shit the bed and continue the downward spiral and Lopetegui gets sacked on Monday? It's really, think really hard. One way or another, I don't think... I think from May we'll still be talking about this classical. Not in terms of quality of the match, but more so... The fall what a turning, just the point it could be in our season. Yeah, for sure, hundred percent. Well, it's going to be a no-no draw. Watch it. Wrap. <laughs> uh, sorry. Um, um, score prediction. I'm sticking with what I said yesterday. One-one. I'm sticking with what I said yesterday. Three-one. Madrid. I'm, I'm still playing, and I still haven't. I still haven't picked a score line, but I will say. Sergio Ramos yellow card, of course. Sergio Ramos red card. I'll do you one better. <laughs> you think so, or are you just shooting them? Of course, Shit. it's gonna happen. When does just... Ramos never get a red card in the Clasico? He always gets a red card in the Clasico. Uh, the, that's got... a very optimistic way to end this podcast. Sergio Ramos is getting sent off and PK scoring an own goal. I'm telling you. Oh my gosh! No. <laughs> Anyways. That's everything. We've covered our predicted lineup, what our strengths are, what Barcelona's strengths and weaknesses are. We all know what our weaknesses are. It's just not scoring the damn goals. That's the weakness. But anyways, we hope you enjoyed this podcast. We thought it would be a little bit shorter. It's only like 10 minutes shy of our shortest podcast thus far. So next time we say it's shorter, we'll try and make it a bit shorter. I'll shut up now. 
I hope you guys have a great rest of your day. I hope you uh, join us on Twitter and Instagram and probably a Facebook Live on Classico Day. So we'll see you around. As always, uh, talk to us on Twitter. We'd love to hear your thoughts. And Hala Madrid.